Hello and welcome to night number 18 of 31 Nights of Fright, year 4, the Stephen King of Horror. My name is Adam and I'll be your host. Night 18 takes us to a very unique vampire tale. It's also a film that had a very unique way of being released. Starring Miguel Ferrer, this is the 1996 Mark Pavia directed The Night Flyer. The Night Flyer tells the story of reporter Richard Dees, played by Miguel Ferrer, who is hot on the trail of a vampire who is a murderer that travels by plane from airport to airport, leaving lots of murders in the vampire's wake. It should also be noted that the newspaper that Richard Dees works for is a tabloid. This is the type of tabloid that would be almost like a Weekly World News type of thing, or maybe like The Sun, if those types of tabloids actually had real stories. So I really like that aspect about the whole movie, the fact that he's writing for this tabloid, and this is a trashy tabloid. It tells all the news stories that regular news one cover. I did mention The Sun and Weekly World News. We all know that those had extremely fake stories. They were more for entertainment purposes, as a lot of it was just very creative writing on the reporter's stories. I think that's one of the things that makes The Night Flyer a fun film. The character that Miguel Ferrer plays, Richard Dees, is a jackass. He is playing the same type of role that he's always played in just about everything I've seen him in. Do I think that Miguel Ferrer was a bad guy in real life? No, I definitely don't. It's just he's really good at playing these types of roles. One of my first introductions to his acting was both in Robocop as well as Twin Peaks. He really is playing a similar role in both of those. It's no different here. I guess if he's good at doing those types of roles, well, you really want to get the best actor you can get that's going to have that type of personality. It really is fun seeing his Richard D's character as a aging and washed up reporter. He has new to the office Catherine Blair, who is a hungry reporter that he very sarcastically calls Jimmy Olsen. It's actually kind of fun seeing them compete for the same story of the Night Flyer. There's a lot of good to like about this movie, and that's the fact that the vampire is very unique. We find out the name of this vampire pilot is known as Dwight Renfield, which has ties to Dracula. It's also funny for me to think about a vampire that doesn't actually fly, he doesn't turn into a bat, but instead he actually does fly because he's a pilot of an airplane. It's definitely a unique take on vampires themselves. Even the K&B effects designed vampire here is a unique look about the vampire. I love that this movie tried to do something different. The actual design is not just of two fangs coming out of the top of their mouth, but instead one massive tooth coming out of the top and bottom of the jaw. I think it's a little suspect as far as it looks CGI or something when we see the jaw extend, but it never hurt my enjoyment over the look of this vampire. I like that we have an almost split the difference between creature and very seductive type of creature, like that heartbroken lover that Dracula was portrayed as in the Francis Ford Coppola directed Bram Stoker's Dracula. It's a fun, unique 
different take on vampires, and that's one of the best things that this movie did. I think the cat and mouse aspect between Richard Dees and Dwight Renfield was carried out pretty well. I like the fact that Renfield kept visiting Dees with his stay away. It's even kind of funny when he catches him at a bar and proceeds to buy him a drink of a Bloody Mary. It's a nice little ha-ha joke so that Richard Dees would know that this came from Renfield because it's a Bloody Mary drink. Little things like that just simply add to the movie. I also really like the fact that we see Richard Dees being an actual reporter. I like that he was going around asking people what their stories and their interactions with Renfield was. It allowed us to have those little flashback moments and it's an interesting way for us to get more of the story and sort of adds to the whole mythology idea. We don't know up until the very end of the movie if we're actually getting a true story. These are just eyewitness accounts and as we know, they're not always factual. The standout scene for me is definitely at the end of the movie and that's the airport scene. We have a fairly high level of gore, we even see a face on the grill, an eyeball on a bag of chips. The tensions kept pretty high, even seeing the night fire invisibly pee blood is a cool inventive moment. I really do love it when Dwight Renfield actually approaches Richard Dees, we don't see him because we're seeing through the mirror and of course vampires do not cast a reflection. Dwight Renfield is not too happy with Dees, he doesn't want to kill him but he's not too happy because he doesn't want his story to be told, as he calls Richard Dees his would-be biographer, which I think is kind of cool too. I think the filmmakers were wise to not really show too much as far as the Dwight Renfield, the vampire creature. They didn't really want to have us see that it is in fact real until the very end of the movie. It makes the ending and the final 20 minutes or so, it makes them more impactful. I will say that the end twist of where the story that's eventually told is not the actual story is a good little way of saying about how there's no truth in journalism. It works well for the movie, it also works well as a thinking about how we actually digest news and news stories. If there's one thing that's bad about the Night Flyer, that's the actual look of the movie. This premiered originally on HBO, and it's strange because the film was all set for a theatrical release, yet it got pulled onto HBO as a Friday or Saturday night movie, which is how I originally saw it. A few months later, after being on HBO, it made its way to theaters. I honestly can't imagine this going to theaters because it looks and feels like a TV movie through and through. As far as the actual production and look of the film, it reminded me of Tales from the Dark Side or Monsters. That's probably appropriate considering two of the producers of Tales from the Dark Side and Monsters were a part of this as producers, and that's Richard P. Rubenstein and Mitchell Galen. Of course, Rubenstein and Galen produced a lot of Stephen King adaptations over the years, and usually with them being involved, you know you're getting a halfway decent production, which is definitely the case here. I forgot to mention that there is one big glaring error when there's a boom mic present in the scene. If you check this movie out, keep an eye out for it, it's kind of funny. And this comes from somebody who never tries to see that stuff in any movie that he ever watches, yet here it was in all of its glory. A boom mic at the top of the image. 
The Night Flyer is not an easy film to come by either. The old HBO video Warner Brothers release on DVD is no longer available. It's well out of print. Considering that I never owned that particular copy, I had to buy an all-region version from Australia that had very poor picture quality. This is a pretty good movie, it's a fun movie, and I really hope that somebody like Shout Factory or Arrow or Kino Lorber, one of those smaller boutique companies, hopefully they can pick it up someday. Because the Night Flyer does have its fans, there's actually quite a bit of people out there that do love this movie. It's considered to be a very good adaptation, and if it was handled with a better director, this would have been a definite essential Stephen King film. It's just a shame that people are going to have a hard time seeing it. I do know that there is a VHS release out there too, which, you know, VHS is coming back, so I guess you could seek out that too if you'd like. The other odd thing about the Night Flyer is that there was apparently a whole bunch of footage that was cut from the movie. If you really want to find it, there is a whole bunch of deleted scenes, roughly about an hour's worth, cut from this movie. There was also plans for a sequel to The Night Flyer, which would have focused on the Catherine Blair character continuing to pursue Dwight Renfield. I think that could have been fine. I would have definitely welcomed a sequel to this one. But sadly, this movie flopped in theaters. Well, I wonder why. It was released on HBO like three months before you decided to give it a theatrical run. That really doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. It's all the more strange that if you look at the way HBO and Warner Brothers have released movies this year because of the pandemic, well, some films that may have been hits in theaters are flopping, probably because they're on HBO Max, so a lot of people aren't really rushing out to go see them in theaters. Either way, this movie with its obvious low budget doesn't hurt the film at all. It's got great special effects. As I said earlier, it's got K&B effects at the helm. They have done some of the greatest special effects in many different movies, not just horror. Their practical effects are top-notch, and their creature creation here is probably one of their best unique creations that they've ever done. I think with a little bit better writing and direction, this really could have been an essential Stephen King adaptation. But instead, it winds up being a unique, very good Stephen King adaptation, when it could have been a great one. I'm going to close out tonight's episode. As a reminder, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Adam underscore analyzes. If you need to catch up on past episodes of 31 Nights of Frights or my weekly podcast, Adam Analyzes, you can do so at adamanalyzes.com. If you want to reach out to me and don't do the whole social media thing, you can do so at adamanalyzespodcast at gmail.com. If you're enjoying my podcast, why not tell a friend about it? Tell two friends for that matter. Or if you have a free moment, I would greatly appreciate it if you would leave a five-star rating at the podcast listening platform of your choice. It'll allow me to reach new listeners as well as continue to create new content. Plus, I love those digital hugs. But with that being said, be kind and good night. I'll see you back here tomorrow for night number 19.